1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. It feels good, man. It feels good, right? right. Yo, yo. I'm in the light at the end of the tunnel. Welcome back to Small Market Bias. My name is Matthew Tynan, and rejoining me today is a man who is not short on takes, uh, Trevor Zitgraf. Trevor. We, th- there's one more shoe to drop in this off season. It's Devin Vassell signing an extension. It's been quiet on all fronts. I am sure we'll hear more developments about that in the coming month or so. Um, It's not really, it's it's not atypical for this to linger on uh, past that. But luckily, we have things to talk about. There, there are things yeah. going down. There are schedule stuff we can talk about over-unders. Uh, my... Substack readers, we were kind enough to send in a whole bunch of mailbag questions. Um we're going to get to those later in the show as well. And if you want to catch the first half of the mailbag, uh that is at my Substack if you want to check it out. So, thank you guys very much for sending all that stuff in. Trevor, how are you doing today? You ready to talk about this it, it's it's dead, but thankfully we have some things to talk about.
0: We have some content. The NBA is pretty smart about saying like everybody gets their post free agency. Yeah. Vacations in and then like everyone. Yeah. Mid mid August. Uh, it's it's like it's like they're like OK, let's let's drop the schedule and then we're off to races. I was going to say we have FIBA to talk about. We actually don't have too much FIBA to talk about from a first point of view.
1: Yeah. As right. We, you know, Sandro. Mamu Kalashvili is yeah. playing for Georgia. I'm not going to lie, man. I've, I haven't i have really kept up with the World Cup that much. Um, I know as we record, uh, USA and Germany were in a very tight game at the end of the fourth quarter. I don't know the outcome. We can check in a I, second. I you... saw that
0: the U.S. won, but it okay. was like they had to go on like a 20-2 to two run to win by eight or something like that. Yeah, they least. were
1: down, I think, double digits in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, So, or I saw nine points. It might've been double digits again. I'm, I sorry to be unpatriotic if that's the way this looks, but I just really, I haven't, I've been taking a little bit of a break of my own. So um, good for the USA. I will be, I will be watching once the world cup actually starts and we get past these exhibition games. Um, But regardless, we do have some Spurs things to talk about and i wanted to start with the over under for this season because i saw something that happened that was pretty interesting to me as the schedule was was released i think that these two things are tied in together again we'll get to the schedule in a little bit um but this is also a good opportunity for me to remind you all that small market bias is brought to you by bet online your number one source for all betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code Believe—that's that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And let's talk about some betting. Spurs over under when the when the lines first came out was 30 and a half wins. I thought that was a pretty interesting number. I could see both sides of the equation, but ever since the schedule was released, that line has gone down to as low as 28 and a half games. Um tre- Trevor, I I saw a team last year that underperformed, I think, based on what its talent level actually is. I don't think that this was a team that was that Bad. I'm not saying that this was a play-in team. Certainly not saying it was a playoff team. Um, But bottom two record in the league, bottom three record in the league, I'm sorry, Uh, tied with the Rockets. They got the tiebreaker, blah, blah, blah. We all know. Um, Where do you stand? 28 and a half. Pick a side. Pick, draw a line in the sand and pick a side.
0: 28 and a half, I will take the over. If it had been, it started at 30 and a half, and I feel like I've, you know, it's so funny. I was, it, it's two games, but like, there's just something about bumping over 30 where I'm like, oh, I don't know. Do I take the over on that one? I mean, so I'm not actually putting any money down on it. I'll take the over on 28 right. and a half, because I think, I, I do think the Rockets are going to be, at least to start, I know they added, you know, they added Van Vleet and they added uh, Dylan Brooks, which is maybe uh, subtraction by addition on given nights but i don't know and they're, I feel and they're, like they're young
1: guys and their young guys he, are gonna improve you would think
0: you would think but also i just kind of feel like that's like um that has the potential to be the bad version of you know we should put vets around our young guys um because like i think van vliet on the court you know van vliet's like a perfect guy to um to help build build up these young guys but like it just feels like this has all the ingredients for like Locker room division and young guys versus old guys, and all of a sudden, like, there's a we hear about fights in the locker room or something like that, like actual piss fights. Kevin Porter Jr. versus Dylan Brooks is what I'm talking about. Um, Ime Yudoka might officiate those fights, he might, yeah, he might <laughs> encourage it. Um, but so I'll take 28 and a half because I think you're right. I think, um, I, and I was, I don't even think I was as high, I, mean, I don't think I'm as high as the talent level of, of this team as you are, but like, Devin Vassell played like 35 games. Um, 38, you know. I
1: think, yeah. I mean, so, it, well, yeah, it was less than half the season, but
0: yeah. um, and even when he came back, it was like either he was still coming back from injury or he was still injured, like you know, somewhat, or other well, minutes or restriction. Like, I mean, minutes minute restriction, restriction yeah, time, like yeah. So, I feel like you know, um, just having him for even if you have him for double that, even if you have him for 65 games, let's say, yeah, um, you're gonna win, that's gonna help you out. Um, Sohan's going to get better. Um, I think Keldon not having to do as much is going to help um, Keldon and the team. Like I think Keldon reverting back to his, trying to think, I'm seeing if I get my years confused. I guess the year before last when it was like DeJounte's running the offense, but Keldon was, you know, I I feel like Keldon was the biggest beneficiary to uh, a DeJounte led offense.
1: Well, I mean, like um, think about the fact that like that guy was a number one option for uh, the majority of the season. Like, yeah, there yeah. were games where, where Devin was the guy. Uh, there mm-hmm. were games where other guys were going off and Keldon didn't have to do quite as much. But like Keldon Johnson is not the like when you when you look at the way he plays, you look at his skill set, you look at his right. strengths and you take into account his weaknesses like he's not your typical number one option. No. And that was the basically the hierarchy last year with the Spurs. So, and, yeah.
0: And now it's like, he's either, uh, you know, he, he told Tom that, that I that mean, he wouldn't have a problem coming off the bench. I don't know if he'll actually come off the bench, but, uh, at the very least, I feel like we will see him go from number one option to number three option. If he stays in the starting lineup. Um, yeah, it might which, be the
1: case. Yeah.
0: You know, like, cause I, I do think that like, um, you know, Wemby's going to, I don't think like Wemby's going to be brought along slowly, but I don't think pops going to be like, this guy only gets 10 touches a game, you know? No. Well, let me so, play.
1: Let me play. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Up no. Here. Yeah. So I
0: was gonna say, so I just think like, I, I just think like, uh, everyone that we watched last year, almost everyone, um, will, will take some sort of leap, even if it's a, a small leap. And then plus, like, I just think like their defense, <laughs> like Wemby's going to, Wemby's going to do some stuff for their defense that, uh, Oh Yeah. You know, like, it's just not something uh, that we're going to be used to seeing. Like, how, how big of a leap, I think, just because he's special on defense already, I think.
1: Well, so the, the the biggest thing at exit interviews last season, the, like, number one thing, and Pop was harping on it, was this team has to get better defensively. Devin was saying it. Keldon was saying it. I gener generally speaking, I think that while they pop's always going to stress defense. I think there was an element to last season where they weren't like pop didn't have his fangs out. Like they knew they, they understood the assignment last season. Um, I don't think, and you could tell with Devin, man, you could tell once that knee kind of went bad, his defense suffered. He didn't Mm -hmm. have the same bounce. Um, you know Jeremy is a 19 year old rookie learning NBA defenses on the fly and NBA yep. defenses against NBA offense is a very difficult thing to learn super yep. young team young teams are always bad defensively
0: Um yeah I also I think like um, you know like Vassell Devin Vassell had to take a a, a larger role on offense and I think same, know, with either, same with Keldon same with Keldon and mm-hmm. even like like Sohan didn't. It wasn't like um, the role he had uh, his rookie year was. He was a sixth man at Baylor, uh, I think, for the entire year. So like all I think of he these started
1: guys... one game at Baylor, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. So all of these guys got increased offensive responsibility, and I think even if it's not intentional, I just feel like your your effort, your attentiveness, your uh, I don't dedication like that makes it sound like I'm slamming these dudes effort but like I just think like even if you don't mean no, to, like, yeah the, the effort will wane on defense just because you're expending this energy you weren't used to expending on offense.
1: I think it's the same thing that we saw last year or not last year now the year before last with DeJounte I yep. mean DeJounte was a dude who was just he was a pogo stick defensively bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you know just that is he was max effort on that side of the ball and then once Demar left once it was his show to run, yep. we saw a drop defensively and it was the same for him last year in Atlanta. Um, yep. When you have that, kind, of, it's, it's, it's rare that we saw it with Kawhi. I mean, we saw it with Kawhi when yeah. he became the man, like, it's not that these guys aren't capable, but I think that uh, a lot of people underestimate the t- the level of energy that it takes to, to run the show on both ends. Um, it's rare that you see people do that, uh, even the best at a high level over the course of the regular season. Like the playoffs are a different animal. That is balls to the wall, a hundred percent effort. Um, whereas the regular season, and the Spurs have talked about this over the years, you know, pop kind of wants them right at 80. Just stay at 80% all season. Yeah. And um, and yeah, it's you know, Again, these dudes worked hard last year. Um, so I, And I certainly won't criticize effort because I was actually really impressed by their effort um, yeah. and commitment last season. But, man, when you lose, when you're losing that much, when you're going on, like, an 11-game losing streak yeah, or a 16-game losing game. streak, like, it's tough, man. Um, so, I, we, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. 28-and-a-half, um, the reason for the under. You, you brought up Wemby. We don't know what his load management situation is going to look like. We don't True. know the size of the kid gloves they're going to be using on him. True. Um, but aside from all that, because I, I do think that we're like last year, man, the Spurs, <laughs> that front office pulled the rug out from under them two weeks into the season. I don't think we're going to, i we're not going to see that. Um. If it if it does happen it'll happen later uh and I still don't think they're gonna like completely pull the rug out anyway th- that's neither here nor there the point that I wanted to bring up is wh- where is the break in the Western Conference yeah. like stop me stop me when, well you might you might stop me here in, in like literally two seconds but stop me when you hear a team that you believe will be decidedly uh or you know you have a lot of confidence in the fact that they're going to be worse next year denver nuggets
0: no no memphis nope. grizzlies uh no 25 not... game suspension for Ja? yeah i mean i think like so they're over under 45 and a half and i think that's probably that would be a stay away for me i don't think i would but i could yeah. see them like just being like a 47 win team and like just maybe they get things going right when the postseason starts, but still, that's 15 games better yeah. than the Spurs' best possible outcome. You know yeah, what I mean? and, like,
1: and let, actually, let's put it like this: When I name these teams, like Denver, if if it's a if everyone's healthy, let's just put it yeah. that way. People are playing against whom will the Spurs be favorites? Denver, right. okay. no. Memphis, no. Sacramento, no. no. Phoenix, no. Clippers, no. Golden State Warriors, no. Los Angeles Lakers, no. Minnesota Timberwolves, no. Oklahoma City Thunder, no. No, 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 no. New Orleans Pelicans,
0: no. If, if they're we're, healthy, if, if, we're, if Zion's I was say, If they're healthy, yeah, if we're, if we're taking health into account, yeah, tough to see that as well. Dallas Mavericks. I, I mean, I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I know if you were just if you were just saying like on any given night, are the Spurs going to beat the Mavericks? The answer is probably no. OK, so that's 11
1: teams now yeah. here. And this is where it gets interesting, where I think it's a coin flip. Utah Jazz like yeah, the Spurs did mean, really well against
0: the Jazz last year.
1: They uh, played so well against the Jazz last year. Yeah,
0: you know, they added John Collins and I yeah. like John Collins, but like I don't know what John Collins looks like with. Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen. That's yeah. just weird. And I think I want it to is. see it before I pass judgment. Um, but also Utah's backcourt's kind of a mess. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, like I think that's where we're, we're there. What'd you say? 12 teams. You listed 12 teams before we got here. Utah was the 12th. Okay. So yeah.
1: Like, and then from, and then from there, it's Portland and Houston.
0: I would say this would be- those are the only teams where I would feel comfortable saying I think the Spurs are going to win tonight. Yeah. Maybe Utah, maybe Utah uh, again, but um So the wait, point they, remains like this is but Will Will Hardy had that team playing their asses off for yeah. I mean really the entire season, but like especially at the beginning of the season like <laughs> that team yeah, was that's a mess. Yeah. They entered
1: they entered tank mode late in the season, uh yeah. particularly after the trade deadline. It it slipped away from them. You kind of figured yeah. it would. Yeah. Um but yeah, man, they came out It came out like gangbusters, man. I was, um, you, you wonder how you wonder if that was all part of the plan. I kind of love that. Like you have this new coach, Will Hardy comes in. He's ready to prove himself, man. Like he's, he does, he's, he's clearly not interested in the whole tank thing. Obviously like the front office, let him go. Like they, they have Mm -hmm. ultimate authority. So they obviously let him play. Um, so yeah, you know I think that if I'm playing devil's advocate and you're looking at, um, you're looking at the under on 28 and a half or 29 yeah. and a half, whichever one you're picking, like you're 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 factoring in a couple of things here. Um, you're factoring in opponents and strength of schedule, and the Spurs always have a tough schedule because of where they're located in the country, so they're traveling yeah. a lot. Um, that's if you're if you're looking at schedule difficulty, um. And you're really parsing through it. You gotta you gotta factor in travel.
0: Um, they that's a, they have that's real quick. Thing. I'm just looking at the schedule right now. Uh-huh. Um, this I think this speaks to the to the counterpoint you're making. So starting on January 7th, which is a Sunday, I don't know why it matters that it's a Sunday, but they're <laughs> at Cleveland, then they're at Detroit. They come home for a a, a home back to back against Charlotte and Chicago, and then they're back on the road for atlanta boston charlotte washington philadelphia now we can debate like atlanta was uh underperformed last year but there's a lot of talent there boston is boston but then like even if charlotte and washington are bad like you're catching them midway through or at the tail end of <laughs> it's pretty much a, a, a road trip because the only home games you have are back to backs <laughs> like that's That's pretty brutal. Anyway, that's that's not even the rodeo road trip. That's just a road trip.
1: Right. And they usually have like one or two really tough road trips aside from the rodeo road trip. Um, So, yeah, the schedule is tough. It is every single year. Um, Yeah, I mean, every year you see the Spurs like top five most difficult schedules in the league, like every single year. So uh, let's, let's get on to the schedule in a second. But just to sort of recap the under would be would come into play because the West is really good. The under could come into play because we don't know what Victor's load management schedule is, is going to be like, right? The under could come into play. We This is all not even talking about injuries to any of their key players, which is a, an obvious reason why, um, a team, any team in the league would hit on the under. Yep. Um, and then down the stretch, you know, if these guys are, are whatever, uh, five, six, seven, eight games out of a play-in spot, something like that. Like we're the Spurs said it last year, man, at the end of the year, they were like, look, we are not making the play-in. We're not making the playoffs. We want to make sure our guys are healthy and ready to go for the off season programs. And they get in the gym quickly. uh, Once the season is over, this is kind of the time of the year
0: those dudes pretty much all hang around unless they have international team commitments.
1: Right. And this is kind of the time of the year when people do go on vacation or really July, like after summer league is when those guys usually go on vacation, but they're in the gym now. I mean, we just saw a video on Devin Bissell's Instagram of Kevin, uh, of Keldon Johnson working out to let it go from the frozen soundtrack. Yes. Uh, So we know
0: Matt, I saw this pop up right before we started recording. Um, Shout out um Emiliano uh for retweeting this, but um Wemby's with Jesse James Leha right now working on I would I mean doing some boxing stuff.
1: Boxing, okay. Yeah. Following in the footsteps of Tim Duncan, man. Yep. Uh we saw we saw Malachi doing it earlier this summer too. Boxing. A very good workout. Um yep. I wouldn't know, but I hear it. I hear that it's a it's a good workout. <laughs> good good for your core, you yeah. know. Keeping everything in shape.
0: I mean, look, of the things that he needs to strengthen, I assume his core is 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 chief among them. Well, that's
1: good. I mean, that's been the that's when you when you follow up on a lot of the stuff that you that we've heard about Wimbenyama, that we've read about Wimbenyama. The focus hasn't been on bulking up; it's been on his core. Yeah. Um, And you know, I just I think you know that's a lesson for everyone.
0: Um, Start with your core. Start with your core, folks.
1: Stay tight. Stay tight.
0: Um but, but yeah, no, I um, um I do wonder like what's the uh, what's the threshold like how far back of the play and do they have to be at what point in the season where they just go? You know what? this isn't that important. like let's let's pack that one in.
1: That's a good question, man.
0: because um, I feel like in years past we felt like they should pack it in when they were a couple games out of the tenth spot. And, then, but that was, a, those are like older teams. Like it was right. like, it was probably a little bit better for those teams to, to want to keep pushing for the playoffs.
1: You know, I think that like, if they're a month away from the end of the season and they're, and they're sitting in a, however
0: far back, um, like four games out or something like
1: that. Yeah. Uh, yeah four or probably somewhere in there. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's necessarily that they wouldn't try, but at the, at that point it's like, okay, we get to the play in and then what, like, yeah. We we aren't, we're clearly not, you know, we haven't been good enough to stay neck and neck with the teams that are in that position all season. So like, right. I think that it would just be smarter to, to rest the bodies that need, that need rest. I mean, last year, I don't remember exactly uh, how far back it went, but you know, Jeremy sat out basically the last month of the season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the specific number is, but but if it's if there's like a month left in the season and it's like five games, you know, let's let's get some guys out there but make sure they're also getting rest, kind of doing the same revolving door type of thing that they were doing last season. Unless someone's actually hurt like Jeremy was, um then rest them, man, just rest them.
0: Um they also they'll have some decisions to make like uh, as far as like r- roster decisions to make just because of Oh yeah. That some dudes coming up. I mean, we don't know who they're keeping past the trade deadline, but um, they got some guys coming up who are going to be uh, in the last year of the contract. They got guys like Blake Wesley, who I'm sure they're going to need to kind of make some decisions about, about what, what he, what his future with the team is. So yeah. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. I think, I think the last month's going to be more interesting than we get, <laughs> We think it'll be. Yeah.
1: And we'll get to the roster stuff closer to training camp. We will get to that. It is interesting. It's overcrowded. I said that, that, you know, Devin Vassell, um, was the last shoe to drop, but yeah, they, they have decisions to make, um, whether that's going to be via trade or cuts, you know, guys have to go. And and it's, and it's crazy because like, these aren't your sort of standard, like uh, let's pull up these G League guys. Let's sign these G league guys for, uh, you know, to fill out roster spots, 18, 19, and 20. Like these are actual NBA players, like veterans, role players, like guys that can help not just, you know, not just the Spurs, not just a young team, but any team in the league, you know, in in need of the positions that they fill. So like, it's going to be interesting if it's like Reggie Bullock being cut, that dude is a starting caliber, uh, forward in the league. Um, so yeah, it'll, we'll talk more about that as training camp, uh, Training camp comes around. Okay, so we did. We talked about the schedule and like how the why they might hit the under, why there might be some complications down the stretch, the the possibility that they semi pack it in. So let's kind of move on to schedule conversation, which was released on Thursday. Uh, Schedule release day is is always fun for some reason. Um, I think it's mostly because we're starving for basketball content at this time of the year. So I wanted to start with you. Was there anything interesting or anything noteworthy, anything that made you at least semi excited about what you were
0: reading? Um, so I always like to look at the rodeo road trip and just kind of like, always just figure out like, is this going to be, <laughs> I, I think we're done with the days of it's going to be an, it could it be an eight and no rodeo road trip. And now it's like, <laughs> are they going to, are they going to finish 500? Um, it's fine. Like actually like, um you know, Orlando, Brooklyn, Toronto all feel like those feel winnable. None of them are back to backs. Um, there's a Dallas, you know, who knows, but I, 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 Dallas is like the hardest team in the league for me to predict. Yeah. Um, and then there's just like, and then it's like at Sacramento, at Los Angeles, back to back, at Utah, <laughs> at Minnesota. It just feels like such a brutal way to finish up <laughs> the road trip. But I always like looking at the, just especially like the East Coast games, like being like, okay, even if the, even if the West Coast is a is murderer's row, like are there some are there some games to pick up wins uh, in the on the eastern part of the trip. So that's always fun. Um, the thing that stuck out to me, Matt, is actually the amount of like baseball style yes. back to back series they have. This is, like, this they,
1: is gonna be something I talked about, go for, yeah, for they sure. They got
0: they got at Phoenix, at Phoenix, the like start, which is um, a TNT NBA TV swing. We talked about the amount of national TV they have early. They have versus clippers versus clippers and they have six uh, they have six baseball style series yeah lakers portland port like so it's um you know it's funny it's like uh, how much we care about wins and losses i think as fans we care as 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 pundits or whatever not as much but uh, as people who have their eye on the draft not as much but um um, it's just interesting because i do feel like those like home and home series are like in this case like start of the season at clippers at phoenix at phoenix that's kind of a brutal <laughs> that's a that's that's a yeah. brutal three game stretch right there three game road trip to start the season um so i, I the fact that they've been including these baseball style series the last few years uh I, I i i of the of all the different changes they've made that one actually might be my favorite
1: yeah and this is this is more than they've had I I
0: want to say like over the last two years. Well, I felt that way too. I didn't go back and look, but it felt that way.
1: Yeah, six is a lot. Um, and the NBA came out and said this year that they're doing even more. And of and you know it's because of all the superstars resting, they're doing their best to yeah. um to make sure that that there's ample opportunity for rest, especially before high profile uh national television games. So I was impressed. Well, they,
0: they also said on the hoop collective, they were saying that the, the number of back-to-backs for every team because of the in-season tournament and that break they're taking uh, for the semifinals. And fi- I think it's the semifinals and finals, uh, the Vegas game, everything basically. in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the number of back-to-backs crept up. So basically they were like, that was more uh, more of these baseball style series. So at least teams didn't have to hop Travel on plane, as much Yeah. You right. know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, anyways,
1: well, and and you talk about back to back so six baseball style series for the spurs um only 11 back to backs like that's i something i think that's like i think that's like 3 games below the league average
0: this the, season the 20 the 2010 to 2015 spurs are so mad about that right now
1: <laughs> those teams with 16 17 18 yeah. back to backs oh. yeah um so 11 man that's a low number it's and and I just it's so funny because when you look at their schedule and this is another thing that I found interesting we talked about their front-loaded national television schedule which um you know some of us sort of uh, predicted was going to be the case mm. they have 11 nationally televised games between ESPN and TNT um they have eight more on NBA TV I don't really con- I, a lot most people probably don't consider those nationally televised I know some of them have like the center court, um, you know, studio show with a broadcast team at the arena, but the majority of NBA TV games are uh, syndicated basically, like they're running a local team's feed um, through NBA TV. So 11 nationally televised games on ESPN and TNT, every single one of them, every single one of them before January 24th. Again, going back to the over under thing. Guarantee, guarantee you uh, odds makers saw that they, they, they take into account. Okay. uh, The NBA doesn't think that these guys are going to be, you know, in contention down the stretch, get them in early. Let's get Wembenyama out there. Let's the Spurs have the most, and we'll get to this in a second. Um, No, no, no. Let's get to this now. So the NBA is, is making sure that teams, if, if that, teams have more rest that they have less travel time uh they're doing their best to get the stars on the court um there is only there are only two teams that will play one extra game and that's for the the very exciting nba in-season tournament uh is it called is are they playing for the nba cup i I think think it's the
0: nba cup yep
1: um so and and we already talked about the break they're going to be taking for the semifinals. It's like a three day stretch, I think, um, for the semifinals and the finals in Vegas. Um, another wrinkle to this I don't, man. I don't even know. I don't think I. I fully understand how they're fleshing the entire schedule out, considering, like, we don't know the teams that are going to be playing in the knockout round. Yeah. We don't like. So, and I, and I actually, I should have done this. I should have gone and looked like how many, t- like are, are the Spurs, for instance, playing um, a certain number of teams only three times? Like, do they have a, an, an extra amount of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I instead see of, instead of four games in a season against the majority of the West, um, they have an added layer of, you know, Three scheduled games against Western Conference teams. I'm not totally sure how they how they've done it. Um, it seems incredibly complicated. I don't know how these guys uh, make the NBA schedule. It's crazy. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, look, as dumb as I think the end season tournament is, like, shout out to the schedulers because they didn't even. I thought I thought for sure they would just like start the season a week early or or, but no, they. It's it looks like. They started start it later. At the end of our, we started the, yeah, I was going to say, actually, it feels like a, a week later. Uh, Wednesday, October 25th is the Spurs' first game. I, I think maybe Tuesday, the day, the day before they start is when the actual season starts. Yeah, twenty four. And then it, it wraps up Sunday, April 14th, like it always does. So it's incredible.
1: Trevor, <laughs> Trevor I, I need you to tell me one one thing, one reason the in-season tournament negatively affects anything in your life negatively affects anything in a basketball fan's
0: life oh just just the just the the consumption of uh and it's it's my fault because of how much i consume but like it's just going to be forced on me from watching like nba today now maybe that just means i watch less nba today and that's probably a thing i should do um or like just you know like the 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 like we got to talk about the in-season tournaments. it's like do you because we're on like the second game of these four pod games and we sh- don't need to treat these november games like they're any different but that's just me um dear and... listener
1: i don't think trevor's giving off giving off enough of how much he no, hates this idea. No. Well,
0: if we want to talk about how stupid it is we can talk about how stupid it is the in-season tournament is dumb and here's why because They didn't even switch up the teams by like conferences. They didn't say like the Spurs are going to go play the heat in a regular season game that mattered. Like they're just playing the same teams. They always play unless they get to Vegas. If they get to Vegas, that's obviously a completely different thing. Um, So for me who I live in Sacramento, so I don't get to, you know, like I I do have to, I have to pay for league pass. I have to go out of my way to go watch the Spurs play, to watch the Spurs play a game. Um, I'm just like, like I'm probably gonna be watching the Spurs game I'm at least gonna have it on uh, in uh in a, a November game anyways actually I feel like when I fall off on the season it's like January when I'm just waiting for trades to happen and I'm not paying attention to the games before the all star but anyways they didn't you know like uh, I see it get compared to to different soccer tournaments and everything um, but or to or to FIBA but those are like all things I don't I don't get to see on a normal basis. Like it's right. not like they're bringing in any Eurobasket or not Eurobasket, but um, any uh, any uh, European League teams um, like any Spanish League teams or any French League team. Like that would be cool if they was like we're bringing in for this year's tournament. We're bringing in five European teams or, or one of the Australian uh, the MBL teams. I think that would be cool. Like if they like this just feels half assed and maybe it'll grow because they couldn't just do like this gigantic sea change in the schedule like right off the bat. But as it is, I just think it's like dumb. It's just dumb. Uh, you know, and rant.
1: <laughs> I'm going to I'm so you you sent this in the DMs. Um you're going to record the in-season the Spurs in-season tournament games yep, and you're right. not going to watch them for a week so that they don't register in the ratings, which is a
0: really uh, nerdy um I used to work in TV news thing that I know that you have to get past seven days before um, before things that you stream don't like count in ratings. But yeah, so I thought that the Spurs and Kings were playing in Sacramento Mm -hmm. uh, on that Friday, November 17th game. And I was like, I got to give the NBA money for this in season thing Um, only to find out that actually the game is in San Antonio. So I was like, huge relief for you. Great. They don't they don't get anything. Uh, also you know i probably gotta save up for these Wemby tickets like although actually matt i was i was looking at tickets i can get a uh, lower bowl for less than a hundred dollars like 75 bucks a ticket so i yeah it's good I feel like that's actually not terrible especially um considering how much everything else costs when you go to an arena well here's um, the like i'm yeah.
1: uh, look you know i'm excited about this in-season tournament i don't I, do. I don't have a problem with it i i find the idea of something like this especially when you're looking at the younger generation of players who haven't gotten their big, big money yet, who are still right. sort of making a name for themselves. Like, I think that there's a real chance for the young generation of players to be on this big stage because it's going to be a bigger stage. You know how much they're going to hype up the ESPN and TNT games when they when when they're broadcast, sure. like they're going to blow this stuff out of the water um, or just blow it up like crazy. So. I'm excited to see what it turns into. Like you, you mentioned like it'll grow. I don't think this is going to be something that just, you know, is a dynamite success, like right off the bat. But I do think that it's going to be fun. I think people will probably come around to it. I, I know that most people don't like change, but like that part of the season is so dead anyway. Like I just don't see a problem in trying it. Now, what i was wondering if you were going to hit on and you just brought up ticket prices oh. i do i do i do wonder if for those uh in-season tournament games if we're going to see you know price gouging i wonder if we're going to see it like hey yeah. it's it's yes it's just a normal regular season game in november but hey there are stakes attached to this so we're going to we're going to bump these up 50% like i do so wonder just- if we're
0: going to see that right i wondered that too and so just looking at espn's um like you know when you look at the schedule then it also has like a little ticket section and so right. for example the friday at golden state the november 24th game which is the last of the pool play tickets as low as 151 which is just that's just golden state warrior inflation. that's just golden like that's state, yeah. that's, chase, that's chase Center that's inflation. chase center yeah. so then when i scroll down to the next game at the warriors which is in march Okay. it's tickets as low as 131 so that one's not on national tv um uh so it doesn't look like it's that big of a swing right now yeah uh, by the way spurs knicks is 118 at msg i didn't realize okay well, i guess i should have realized it was that expensive um anyways um so yeah like i did wonder about that i also like um my long-standing beef with people who are like this is a only slightly related like people who are like shorten the season it's like if you shorten the season owners are going to want to recoup their money somehow and that's going to yep. mean uh we're going to jack up ticket prices for each of yep. these individual games um so if they ever if if they ever decide to shorten the schedule i think my rants about the in-season tournament are going to pale in comparison to my rants on shortening the season so
1: yeah stay you tuned, know, stay tuned. I, I do think that I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't take into account when they talk about shortening the season. Because um, I I I wish that in in a vacuum, I wish it was more like a seventy two game season. Um, uh-huh. oh, I, uh-huh. You know, I wish it was shorter. The guys get more rest. Games would mean more players would play more. Um, but you're right. Like owners would be looking to recoup money, whether that's um, having to renegotiate the CBA and the percentage right. that players are getting, or or jacking up ticket prices, it would probably be that it would just be more expensive to go to games. Um, and like, so- uh, and let's
0: say they, let's say they did say, okay, we're going to do from, go from eighty two games to seventy two games, and when we're going to have an in season actual in season tournament where they have like, whether it's all in Vegas or they have like these regional pods that then the finals are in Vegas. Like, um, I don't think. That anyone between the owners and the league office are going to be like, um, it's going to, they they want, they want to do that because it becomes more profitable for the league, not because it's like, we're going to replace, right? The, we're not replacing the revenue that we lost from these 10 games going away. We're, we're adding to it. So, um, but I do think like if they were, if I, I probably, Matt, I would probably have a, a bigger, uh, I would probably be more positive about the in season tournament if it were. Um, had a different feeling than like the rest of the season does, but you know what? I'm, you know, maybe uh, it, shit. If the Spurs make it to make it to Vegas for the knockout round, like you may see me sing a different tune. But as of right now, I just think it's like such a. It feels it just feels really manufactured, which I guess you could say about anything. But um,
1: yeah, I mean, like, I, it's look. I'm like I'm not gonna sit here and say like, oh my god, these are gonna be like these are gonna have the same stakes as the play in. Like we people people sort of compare this idea to like. Hey, a lot of people didn't think the play-in tournament was going to be a good idea, but it's been a huge success. I don't think like you can't really compare the stakes, you know, um, that, that is a trip into the actual postseason, into the playoffs. So can't really compare those stakes. I just think that the NBA and, and professional sports in general, like when they want to make games feel bigger,
0: Uh they do a
1: pretty good job of it, man. They hype it up. The, they do. The, the big broadcast teams are there. The Spurs, by the way, have the most nationally televised games of any team in group play. Three. Yeah. Um, three out of four. There are teams that don't even have one, I, which I, which kind of sucks. I wish every single team at least got one nationally televised game in group play. It's probably, yeah, it's more, crazy. probably more difficult to accomplish that. Um, then I would think. I also know that the 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 league wants to put Wemby out there. People want to see Wemby. Um, yeah. So whatever. It's good for Spurs fans. That's all y'all care about. I understand. <laughs> I understand that. So nobody's complaining over here. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's going to be, I, I don't, I think it'll grow. And, I do believe that there is a level of competition in these in these guys. Whenever, and I and players talk about it all the time, man. When you're on nationally televised, when you're on national television, when you're in front of a national audience, when the the A team or the B A team, B team, whatever are there broadcasting your game when you look over to the bench, um, when you have cameras in your face from TNT and ESPN, you you get hyped. And yeah. these guys want to pick their play up they want to look good on tv and i just i think that they're look maybe guys like lebron and chris paul and steph curry like maybe maybe they're not going to care as much um you know the money at the end of the day like it's damn near a a game check for those (laughs) for those guys um but i do think that that it could really matter to the younger guys i think i think that they might get hyped up over it man these guys these guys get competitive in practice. Like you right. could, you could put the smallest prize on the table and they're going to go for it. These are competitors at the end of the day. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm not saying it's going to, I don't know which way it's going to go. I think the NBA usually does a pretty good job with this stuff. So I do think there's a, a, a solid chance that it's going to succeed, but there's no way to know that for sure. I'm just, I'm just interested in finding out if they can make it work because if they can, that's more drama in the middle of the season during the dead winter months. And man,
0: I'm all here for it. Listen, uh, catch my mockery on Twitter or wherever I'm on uh, <laughs> by the time November rolls around. Uh, but you also will probably catch my mockery of the in-season tournament as I'm at least watching the Spurs in-season tournament games. So <laughs> there.
1: That, that, that works. That works. <laughs> um, follow Trevor at, uh, at Trevor Wrights on Twitter
0: yeah, I, you can you I set can, up a I set up a, blue, I set up a blue sky account oh you got but an invite I haven't, I, I haven't done anything with it um so you're gonna you're gonna just, hit
1: me with an invite code whenever you get if, one if I
0: get one I'll hit you with one um as a friend of mine put it um one must have an exit strategy so that's yes. really the area <laughs> so, yes yes it's we
1: all must have exit strategies in in many different facets of life correct All right, we're back and it is time for mailbag questions. Uh, Once again, thank you guys for sending these in. They're great questions. Um, Trevor and I have already been kind of discussing them a little bit, but uh, we're trying to do this as raw as we can, not really getting too ahead of ourselves or planning this out. So we're going to go one by one. Um, And the first one, Trevor, I'm going to, I'm going to let you answer this first. Okay. Um, This is from Corey Zanoni and it's a, he starts out, fun hypothetical question. Let's just say Wemby reaches his quote-unquote best player in the league potential and hits the reasonably common markers of first MVP at about 25 years old and first championship at 27 years old. That's in about six and eight years, respectively. The question, who from the current... And by the way... uh lofty expectations, Corey Lofty. I know you said hypothetical, but still that's just, it's crazy to think about. He might totally be right. They might not even, this might be reasonable, whatever we'll, we'll get on with it. The question who from the current Spurs lineup is still on those teams six to eight years from now.
0: Um, <laughs> God, I didn't even see the six and eight years, six and eight years part. So, okay. So I think there's two ways to look at this question, Matt. If, They are doing the, um, you know, a big three era, like let's build this thing organically, whatever. Um, I think the only two guys where I would feel like more than 50% sure saying are still on this team are- More than 50% uh, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Are Devin Vassell and Jeremy Selham? Because I do think that, um, especially um, as Wemby's offensive game uh, evolves, and I think as he evolves into someone who can play- uh as the lone big on the court uh for longer stretches i think like those two guys are just like tailor-made to to play with him um but like that's not really how things go in today's nba unless you're the nuggets well i guess the warriors did hey it's interesting because also like like i was saying right before we started like what if what if Giannis became available now maybe Giannis is a little older than what we could do with this question but like or like luca what if luca became available You know, put aside the fact that the Mavs and Spurs trading is a, a weird thing. Um, Yeah, trading Luca in division would be would be something else. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough to see Mark Cuban doing it. But um... well, you
1: hold up real quick. You said that time frame, six to eight years. If you're talking about Giannis, like we're not talking about them trading for Giannis six years from now. Like if he if he wants out, like it's probably going to happen in the next what two, one or two years, something like that. Or like a let's say like um, if he wants out. I'm not saying right. he wants out. I'm not saying he'll ever want out. But right. in this hypothetical, in this hypothetical, yeah. he'd probably he and Luca would probably want out sooner than
0: sooner. six years from now. Um, I'm also thinking about just like timeline wise, like <laughs> like even like Luca's 30 in <laughs> in six years. That's so crazy, That's crazy man. I can't, but anyways, uh, I do think that like if you look at how today's uh, league works with shorter contracts and it's tougher to get guys to stick around for longer. Um, you would think that if the spur, especially with all the draft picks they got coming up, um, it's hard to see. I, it's hard for me to see anyone past uh, Devin and, and Jeremy on the team.
1: Uh, yeah. I tend, six to I, eight years from now. I tend to agree with you in terms of like the, the, the three guys that you're most confident about. Yeah. But we know this about the Spurs. We know that they, they really, really value continuity. Uh-huh. Like, and that hasn't changed from the days of the other big three, the, yeah. the old big three, the big three that just completed its Hall of Fame enshrinement with Tony Parker. Um, so I am reasonably confident saying it's going to be more than just those three guys who are on the team six years from now who those three guys are or, or who those other guys are I, I have no idea man I, I, I would guess... have to I would have to start with Keldon um just obviously he's on a great contract yep. the team loves him he loves the team he loves the city um, he seems you brought up the the quote that he gave Tom Orsborne that he'd be willing to come off the bench if he needed to all he wants to do is win it's, yep. you know I, that's the right thing to say in a situation yep. like that. I think that there is some truth to it because Keldon is that kind of guy, but at the same time, you know, this has been a dude who has had a huge burden on his shoulder uh, on his shoulders, especially last year. So, and these guys love starting, man. They love being out there in the starting lineup. They love being on the court at tip off. So it would be, I, I guarantee you, it would be tough on him.
0: Um, also I would think um Branham and city because they would be on their if I'm mm-hmm. doing the math right they would still be on like their second contracts so yeah. like um, those are probably pretty reasonable contracts they're still relatively young like they're they are on wimby's timeline like the, yep. those two guys for sure are you know
1: yeah if we're including Jeremy in this like Malachi is to me is a pretty easy one I don't yeah. you know I don't know if he's ever gonna be like he, he seems sort of like the perfect six man type come off the bench and fill it up. Um, I do think that he has starting potential, but he's also sort of a a tweener. Like he Mm -hmm. seems sort of built for that bench role. So, um, and, and look, man, uh, guys who are drafted in the late teens and in the twenties and Malachi was 20th overall, like those guys make great careers as sixth men, like not every NBA player who's drafted in the first round becomes a starter or bolts town because they weren't named a starter. So, Um, yeah, I think Malachi is a good bet. And, and I agree with you that CD Sissoko is just like the epitome of a spur. And if he, if he uh, develops in the way that the Spurs hope he does and in in a way that he looks totally capable of like, yeah, six years from now, he'll be on his second contract with the Spurs. You would think, you would think, um, again, like you mentioned, we are sort of in a, um, Uh, an era of shorter contracts and C.D. Sissoko's rookie deal is for three years years. only so um, it'll be interesting but he does seem like another candidate uh, for sure and that's kind of like I I don't have I I can't say with any authority that Blake Wesley is going to be
0: around for the entirety of his second contract and and I you know Trey Jones has got it's a two year contract so two year deal he just signed yeah. so like that's just harder um, and we and, see you know, what happens think, like
1: smaller guards don't really stick with right. the same teams all the time I mean we just yeah. like Tyus Jones his brother got moved from Memphis so right. um, and Monty he was Morris great for them
0: third or Monty Morris is on his third or fourth team and he's right. been good everywhere he's been he's just right. he's just expendable when it comes to making deals yeah um, the only thing I would say about Kelvin is and, and uh, you know I. I you hear this on various podcasts when he comes up that contracts so friendly it's great that, like if this if the Spurs were making moves like teams would want that contract yep. um, and so but I, I'm with you though like especially like if he is willing to show loyalty to the team in for in terms of like being flexible with his role on the team it, the Spurs are absolutely a franchise that will say we value you more than a uh, you're worth more to us than you are worth to other teams. And we want you here for the long haul.
1: His, his market price would be significantly marked up like significantly, significantly. for anyone trying to trade for him because the contract is so good. Um, yeah. And it's only kicking in this year. Right. Um. The, you know, four years from now, when that contract is expiring, you can see a scenario where, let's let's just say he does want a bigger opportunity elsewhere like he wants a bigger role and he's proven that he deserves it um he wants to start whatever and this is all this is all you know uh assuming that he won't be the starter four years from now which I don't think is necessarily a safe thing to assume because by then is Wemby gonna be the starting center like that's why I can't say right. like Zach Collins is gonna be a Spur six years from now Right. Because when Benyama might be playing the five and Jeremy Sohan, the four, look, three spot opens up right there. <laughs> and we're right back to Keldon and Devin Vassell in the starting lineup. So, yep. um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good question, Corey. It, it, this this team is in such a state of flux. We don't know what it's going to look like even going into next year. I mean, we have a pretty good idea, but um, filling in around the periphery, it's going to be it's there could be a lot of movement and yep. we're about to get to another question here in a second, but like they have a lot of picks coming up. <laughs> what are they going to do with those? Or, uh, so definitely a team in in a state of flux this year is kind of like a big giant tryout to see who's going to be the group moving yep. forward with Wimbanyama. So um, you have anything else to add to that? I, I don't, I can't confidently look at it and say like, Charles Bass, going to be there in six years. Julian oh, Champagny he's yeah, going to no, be there I mean, in six years.
0: Like Doug McDermott's probably not going to be there in six I mean, years. So. You even, you look at teams like the Nuggets who have largely kept the same core together yeah. for the last four or five years. And like, but I'm sure if you look at like past, you know, the fifth starter on that team, you're, you're probably seeing a lot of turnover. That's just what happens, you know? So, um, and I do think the Spurs are, are different than others, than other teams when it comes to, uh wanting to keep that uh consistency around but still like it's just hard to it's hard to. i mean look at their title teams like it's not like you know that the the role players rotated so yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah for the most part you know they they had sort of their mainstay like patty was there for forever right um but um yeah i mean they you're right the role players rotated they they found ways to fill in on the outskirts um that's just how yeah. the league goes man you, you exactly. keep your core um guys move on if they especially if you're winning games and they're performing well around a strong core like they're gonna get pay raises elsewhere because of how they performed and if you have a good core you're gonna be paying them a lot of money and you know that the spurs are gonna be relying on the draft they always do um, so there are gonna be people filling in on the back end So it's tough to get beyond like five dudes that you're pretty confident are going to be around in six years. Um, So yeah, again, great question, Corey, tough one. (laughs) I have no clue. No clue. Um, Okay. This is from Pablo. A this is, this will be a fun little one. Uh, Where will, where will Wemby rank in Jersey sales for the upcoming season? And he, he, finishes it off with top 10 question mark. Okay. So what I'm going to do here, Trevor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have in front of me a list of the top 15 selling jerseys in the NBA last year.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: I want you to tell me to, let's see, how do we want to do this? Um, I'll go down them. And if you think Wembanyama will surpass them in Jersey sales this upcoming season, just say yes, just, and, and then otherwise just say no. Okay. And we'll, we'll see where we land at the end of this, because I, I think we're looking at a, I think we're looking at a, a close call here, but we'll, we'll see what we'll see what you think. All right. Okay. Number one, Steph Curry. No. LeBron James. Number two. No. Number three, Giannis Antetokounmpo. No. Number four, Luka Doncic number 5 kevin durant no number 6 Ja morant
0: i think we see a jaw fall off but i still think okay be Wimby... uh, – i think that one will be close i think we get a little bit of a jaw fall off but I... well let's let's
1: let's put a pin let's put a pin yeah. in number 6 okay and and we'll yeah. keep moving yeah jason tatum no devin booker no joel embiid
0: Oh, god. Um are <laughs> Sixers fans are is... Sixers
1: fans tired enough of the Sixers to stop buying Joel Embiid jerseys, Trevor. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say, like, <laughs> am I am I talking uh, a Joel Embiid Knicks jersey? What am I talking about here? <laughs> um
1: if that happened, they, there's no chance. There's no I'll chance say, for Wimby to surpass I'll,
0: I'll I'll say no, but we're getting we're getting in, we're the, getting close. in the neighborhood. Yeah.
1: All right. We're, this is where it gets interesting then. Damian yeah. Lillard. Um
0: so we're at 10 right now? Is that where we're? This at? is 10, yeah. I think we're here. I think if Dane stays in Portland, I mean, I think like his his jersey sales probably drop anyways, but um I think I think we're I think we've arrived. Like let's say like uh, we're just at a regular season where Dane was coming back and there wasn't any of the drama that's going on right now. I think this is about where we would be. I think okay,
1: it's Okay, but what if he's traded?
0: Uh no, I so I think like okay, so let's if we're just doing some swaparoos here. I think like Dane would jump up to like six or higher okay. and this is like where you see like jaw falls to like the yeah, 10 does 11 J-
1: does, does Jaw slip past tatum booker and Embiid?
0: i eh, i think he slips back slips, i think booker will probably go up a little bit um and then um uh yeah so i think you know we're, what, i know think we're we, in the you know how, how down we talk street, about now? like
1: you know you know how we talk about like how uh all-star voting on the same team like siphons votes away from yes. teammates and all that stuff Will Bradley Beal siphon Bradley Beal Phoenix Sun? Will Will he take yeah. Jersey sales from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker?
0: Well, and like, even like Durant hasn't been around in Phoenix that long. So maybe we will like, or the Suns are just going to get really rich.
1: I, I think they're going to get pretty, pretty damn rich <laughs> either way, man.
0: Um, uh, so wait, so keep going. Who was 11? Okay. Uh, so here's I...
1: 11. And I think this is where I like, this is why I say it's close. Mm-hmm. 11 is Trey Young.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think we're here. I think like, well, I think he's going to be like 10. Like, okay. He will be 10. That's I think that's where it is. Yeah. So
1: do you think, do you think he's going to be, let's see here. Do you think he's going to surpass either Lillard or Morant? Either one of them, not both, not necessarily both. Just, just either one of them.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to see a job fall off, it, especially it, since the suspensions at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of a, a Morant fall off.
1: Parents aren't going to let their kids, aren't going to buy John Morant jerseys for the kids.
0: You know, I think maybe the love <laughs> in Memphis remains, but like, sure, of course. Like, he's just going to kind of fade from the, from the, the zeitgeist for a bit. I think
1: that's fair. I mean, we'll see. That'll be interesting to, you know, I'm with you. I think I'm like right with you. I think that, I think that Wemby will crack the top 10. Um, we haven't like we haven't seen a prospect this hyped since LeBron uh Zion Williamson was pretty hyped. I, I will say that. Like it- and it wasn't that long ago. Um but, no. Before, yeah, but... No, no
0: I especially man do you remember Summer League when he like ripped the ball away from Kevin Oh Knox my god, and, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, there was there was so much hype around Zion Williamson. I think that what's interesting about Victor like the zion craze all happened here in the united states right like we saw him all the time on on national television playing for duke um there was a lot of attention on this kid uh here you know domestically but the nba was broadcasting on their app victor Wimbanyama's games
0: that's really true i mean like I could see him getting past Embiid, too. Yeah, you know, the more you're talking about this, inter- I don't think I'm taking, even though I asked you before this, we started recording if we were talking about international sales, too. I don't think right. I'm taking those into account enough. Like, this guy's going to, like, probably already. I'd like. I'd be curious to see what the jersey sales in France look like already.
1: Yeah, same here. I- I'd really love to see what they just look like in, in total right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think whenever you have guys that are this hyped up and, and Zion was sort of the same kind of freak in a way, like athletic freak. I hate, I hate using the word freak, but like athletic and physical freak, he was this giant dude who could somehow jump 45 inches in the air. Like, um, and you know, when is just a different type of freak, um, you know alien we'll put it that way since he's like he's the extraterrestrial he's, is like the extraterrestrial? Uh, yeah. the
0: nike ad campaign is already
1: okay so you know i i think i'm i think yeah i think i'm with you back, back half think... of
0: the top 10 sounds yeah f- reasonable
1: <laughs> i agree i agree all right the next question from gabe and i think you have this pulled up right i, I um, do yeah okay your thoughts on the recently released 2K ratings for Spurs players and the team in general, I guess. Um, please discuss the improbability of us. Oh, this is a this is a two-part question. Um let, let's do that, let's do the 2K rating stuff first, and then we'll get to the second part of this question. Cause it's okay. and it's it'll be a short one. Uh, the second part of the question will be short, but um,
0: but yeah, let's get to the 2K ratings. What do you got, Trevor? All right. So Wemby's 84, Keldon's 83, Vassell's 81, Collins is 80. Zach being 80 surprised me a little bit. Um, I think and Trey's I saw that too. So I feel like those are. Um, Who was 79? I'm sorry. Trey was 79. Okay. And then Sohan, 78. Um, Interesting. So that's like uh, nothing else is like, uh, nothing else is like really jumps out. Um, Would you swap
1: Sohan and Collins?
0: Probably. Um, probably. I mean, Zach's got an 82 rating on three point three-pointers which is probably what's propping him up so yeah uh, I, was, I
1: haven't played 2k in years yeah
0: i'm I, i'm gonna say like i mean i have a seven-year-old who's becoming quite the little hoop head but like okay. 2k is probably a little Not, bit more advanced for right. him right now
1: right um that's probably so think, what 12 12 years old or so
0: yeah 10, maybe 11, yeah 12? like something yeah. um so i think vassell takes a jump like because i think they update the ratings you know as the season goes along yes, i think they do v- vassell's gonna take a jump wendy's obviously gonna fluctuate um and you know like i think sohan takes a takes a jump too because i you got to think that his numbers are gonna just increase even marginally they're gonna increase like
1: i think i saw something that hold on what is what is jeremy sohan's three-point rating because i think i saw 70 yeah that's that's what are you guys doing yeah come on i i i it's it hasn't been long enough to where i've forgotten that like 70 three-point shooting not not good in 2K, but like serviceable. Yeah. If you're open, like you can hit that shot. That's too high, man. That's way too high. What's trade What's let, let's see, like, what's Trey Jones's 3, point, three um, point rating?
0: Oh, all right. Let me go. I was trying to see if I could get more details on Sohan's rating. And there's like a bio breakdown, but not actual numbers, which seems silly. Okay. <laughs> uh Trey is also 70. Look, Trey Jones is not a good three-point shooter. Trey Jones is a definitely a better three point shooter than Jeremy Sohan. It's
1: true. It's it's true.
0: Um, um yeah, okay. I do think um, um you know, like I don't know how much I don't know how much free throw rating goes into it. I think a full season of uh the one-arm bandit shooting free throws is is only He's going still to help doing it. Cuz he's still doing it. I good. Good. Look, <laughs> yeah. I can I can I can be skeptical all I want about the three-point shooting coming around. I'm all on board on the one-handed free throw shooting cuz that guy has found something that works for him and he is confident about it.
1: You know, I, I after or before summer league, I should say, um, we were in the gym. That's the last time media has been in the gym while these guys are working out, and um, I watched Jeremy shooting uh, three pointers with new shooting coach Jimmy Barron. And yeah. I will say, the three point shot looks tighter. He, he it, it looked. I think I sent you guys video of it. It's like, why is there a hitch? Why is it kind of slow? I think they're yeah. they're really focusing on keeping
0: the elbow in. They were doing something. You think that was business. that was a deliberate part of the process. Deliberate
1: part of the process.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Like
1: and it'll and you know, that's how that's how reworking a shot goes. Like, you know, we saw Keldon over the course of an offseason come back with a quicker release, whereas the season before it was very slow and deliberate, but it was going yeah. down. Um, it's just yeah, it's part of the process. So I'm intrigued to see what the three pointer looks like this year. Still seventy is way too high. Going back to Zach Collins real quick. And you know, why there's an eighty rating in there. And I'm not complaining. You know how I feel about Zach Collins. I think he's a, I, a very good player. I think I a do. B a B level player is is appropriate. Um but when you're talking about centers, like in that game, big dudes who can shoot the three are gonna get that boost, especially if they're also 100%. if they're also good rim protectors, you know, good mm-hmm. defenders, all that good passers, he's also a good passer. So I can see that being like a cumulative type of deal that, that bumped him up to 80. Um, uh, okay. So, real quick, so Matt, I'd, uh, yeah. I'd
0: like to address the foreign Legion squad consisting of Wemby. So hands. Oh, the second part of the question. We...
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: I think you can do that. I think we'll see it when you do it on 2k. So not at, not, not IRL, not in real life. I, I mean, I don't know, man, like, the first of all, we don't know Chetty's gonna be on the no, team past October. I, although, uh, although
1: I do think that I think that Chetty Osman is is a Spursy dude. Like I think he's sure. a Spursy fit. But you're right, we don't know. We don't know.
0: Um, and then like I don't know. Like I feel like when CD Chetty and Mamu are out there this season, anyways, I feel like that's gonna be prime Wemby on the bench, Wemby on the bike, Wemby on like whatever whatever they're doing to keep him uh loose.
1: I agree. You never know what nights you're going to have. Like, I agree with that, but you never know which nights are going to have like Devin and Keldon in street clothes. Right. For you never, sure. like, yeah, you I never know. I don't, yeah.
0: I shouldn't be so dismissive about it, but.
1: <laughs> and, and look, man, like if we're, the, the Spurs are going to try some things. Like they're, they're 100% going to keep trying things. They're going to keep mixing up lineups and seeing, you know, throwing some stuff against the wall and see if it works somehow. And we're going to see point Sohan. So like I look at this lineup and it's like, okay, Jeremy Sohan, point guard, CDC Sissoko shooting guard, quote unquote, shooting guard. Uh, Shadi Osman, small forward, Mama Keleshvili, power forward, Wemby center. Like you can see it. Will we see it? I don't, I don't know. I think it would T- be a fun TBD. lineup to see, but TBD, man, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I there there are so many players on this roster right now that I can't look at any random lineup and be like, oh yeah, we're we're definitely gonna see it. Um, and to be fair to Gabe, he said, please discuss the improbability of us ever he seeing did. a Ford <laughs> <He laughs> so, There we go. We just discussed the improbability. Um, real quick. On the two K ratings, keep keep going. We got we got Wemby, Devin, Keldon, Jeremy,
0: uh, Zach. Campaigns is seventy seven. Reggie okay. Bullock is seventy seven. Branham, I could see going up. He's a seventy six. Yeah. Um, then Devonte seventy six. Chetty seventy five. Charles Bassey, seventy five. Look at that. Okay. Um, poor Douglas. Douglas McDermott all the way down seventy four. But I 86 saw that the,
1: man. Yeah.
0: Eighty six on the three point shooting, and then it just. That's I mean that's... they still have Romeo Langford on here, which is funny.
1: That's criminal. He he's, Doug McDermott is not an 86 on three point shooting. Yeah. I, I don't so. know what the highest rating I you know I mean obviously I know it can go up to 99 and I but I don't know where like guys like you know Steph and Clay and all those you know the great shooters but like dude Doug McDermott is shooting 42% yeah. every year on movement shooting, like lightning quick release, you can get it off from anywhere. 86 is too low. He deserves low. more than that. He deserves more than that. Um. Other than that, man, I don't, I don't know. That mid seventies area is like the prototypical NBA role player guy coming off your bench on two K. a hundred percent, yeah. 100%. That like seventy two through seventy seven, like that's sort of that range. And then you get to the lower end rookies. Like, what is CD Sissoko like sixty seven or something? Uh, he off the there? board. <laughs> he
0: off the board. Rank. He uh, doesn't have a ring. Him and Serge bari don't have a brutal rank yet. Okay.
1: All right. Well, Gabe, thank you for the question. Thank you for the question. Um, We'll move on to, we got two more. We got two more. Uh, This one's from David. A little bit of a long one. Stick with me. One plot line I'm super intrigued by is the upcoming roster crunch, not the one we already have now, but the one, and we talked about this earlier, Trevor, Um, not the one we already have now, but the one that will occur should the Spurs keep all three first round picks next summer. I haven't done the official math on all the expiring players, but I assume the Spurs will want at least a few veterans next year as well. I know the Spurs wouldn't mind adding another lottery pick, but I'm skeptical that they'd want to field three rookies next year, Given and given Wesley's lack of a jump, jumper... I'm sorry. But I'm skeptical that they'd want to field three rookies next year, given Wesley's lack of jump of a jump and CD's standard contract. Then again... That's what I thought last summer, and the trades simply weren't there. Still, I feel like it's not if, but when the Spurs trade some of those, plus more assets for, quote-unquote, a guy for Wemby's second season. What are your thoughts? I um, probably butchered that some, but no, I did yeah, butcher it. Some, but I, you, get the, you get the gist of it.
0: So I agree that at the, the farther along we get in Wemby's uh, career – the less they're going to want to be patient with fielding three rookies, et cetera. I think, as you said, this year is like one big gigantic tryout. So I think like it's more likely that they will, as far as like the Reggie Bullocks and the Chetty Osmonds of the world, like those guys probably just get flipped for more draft capital. Mm-hmm. And then like next summer is when we see the movement start. I think, look, I think this year would have been, if they hadn't gotten Wemby, I feel like we would have seen a lot more movement around the draft. Like, or they, they would try... have been
1: like more aggressive, or maybe taken less than what they ideally would want, something like that. Were maybe, they, maybe. Were they
0: talking to Charlotte to get up to Scoot, or, or maybe they like Amen Thompson? Uh, Amin Thompson a little bit better. Um, and maybe they like Brandon Miller. I doubt it, but um, you know, like like would we have seen more? more of that and so then they're using that's where they're using the future assets and stuff but obviously they had wendy so like what's the point yeah um, i yeah like i would be surprised if they get three first round picks next year if they use all three of them too bad the the idea of drafting stash especially in the first round has kind of gone away um yeah yeah we don't but, really see um, it anymore it still exists yeah.
1: but we just really don't see it anymore yeah. and i'll tell you
0: what Matt. we're i think we'll just we'll just put a pin in this one for a, a later conversation but where we might start seeing it is uh, Cooper flags coming and um, is, you know, two, two years from now, I think. So is that like where we see the Spurs trying to do their next uh, um, angling uh, when it comes to uh, getting up? Cause I think that's the year they have like the Hawks on protect his draft year.
1: Yeah. The Spurs aren't going to be doing any angling, but they can hope like hell teams, the Hawks right.
0: <laughs> drop. But yes, I do think, I do think, there might be a guy that they fall in love with in this coming draft cycle where they try to use their pick and either one of the ones they have this year or one of the future picks where maybe they move up or like, I think Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's the more likely route when it comes to what do we do with all these picks? What do we do with the the future roster crunch that's coming?
1: They have to, right? I mean, they're going to reach a point where you literally have no choice, but to consolidate or to package a whole bunch of picks together and go get a guy. Like maybe it's not even necessarily in the draft. Maybe someone becomes available or some ones become available. Right. So, um, it has to happen at some point. I I don't, it's, it's tough to say exactly how and when, and like what that direct path will be, because I think they're just keeping like all their options open, man. They have first round picks. They have a million second round picks. Um, they and didn't it, trade any of the second round picks. They got more second round picks right. this offseason.
0: And aside so, from the Charlotte one, like none of them feel like like those fake, like top twenty-five protected first round picks. Like the Charlotte. Right. Well, the Charlotte one's like lottery protected for the next two years. And who, right. who the hell knows with Charlotte? Like if they want to win. They like do. they
1: want to win. So uh, you know, we will see how that goes. Yeah. Um it that one isn't I would sort of lean like what? It's two years lottery protected. Charlotte it just, like, can't get over the hill and get into the postseason, it feels like. So uh, maybe, like, 60-40, maybe it yeah. never conveys. Yeah. Or 50-50, somewhere in there. It's possible, though. It's po- I think it's more possible than people think or, or choose to think because, like, Charlotte wants to win. They do. Yeah. Um, so w- we will see. But, yes, you're right. Like, the rest of them are realistic. Um, Chicago is uh, protected top 10 in 2025 or is it next year? Is it next year? No, it's 2025. And then it goes to top eight. Yeah. So, you know, and we all know like Chicago wants to win. Right. They're, they're not trying to tank. Um, they're not doing a good job of winning, but they want to. Um, so yeah, it's, it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen at some point. Yeah. Um, and the Spurs have a stockpile, they can they can move mountains to get to somebody um, if they so choose, but it might get to a point where they have to sort of cross over the typically uh, conservative threshold that they operate under um, to get aggressive and to go make the moves that they want. It's just it's got to happen at some point because you can't you can't waste this stuff. Um, and it and in the near future it could be as early as next year. Like they're going to be going all into not, not necessarily all, all in, but they're going to be trying to win. It's going to happen uh, sooner rather than later. So um, yeah. these moves are going to have to to count. And um, yeah, they're always going to have a pipeline of rookies coming in, but adding three more next year. That's a, that's a big ask. I, I, I know they tried to consolidate and move up this year, they weren't able to. They got a great pick in CD Sissoko. Um, and or it looks like potentially a great value pick in C D Susoko um, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need to consolidate in the near future. Okay, okay. Last one from Eli T. What other NBA teams might you keep an eye on besides the Spurs this season? Like if you're on League Pass waiting for a Spurs away game to start. Who do you find yourself watching? I admit I'll be watching Chet and OKC more than usual. I'm bracing for the Chet versus Wemby discourse, but want to see for myself how they compare. Trevor, I'll start with you, or we'll start with you. Um, I, I'm, look, I'm just gonna say straight off the bat, OKC for me too. I, I'm, I got sure. another team in mind, but like OKC um, is gonna be a lot of fun to watch, and I'm really looking forward to that. That rivalry week, I think in January, is it January or February, whatever, like they're featuring OKC in San Antonio. And I love that. Like, I know that OKC and the Spurs have been rivals in the past, like when they were battling in the postseason and everything. Um, But I think there's like this budding, fresh rivalry coming up because both teams are so young, Um, have great talent on the rosters. I just think that there's going to be that that, that's going to be a matchup that's going to be featured for. A long time to come, so I agree with him on that one. That's a good one. But what do you, what do you say, Trip?
0: Um, yeah, OKC okay, okay, for sure, um, and I'm glad they're getting. I think they have like eight or nine national TV games this year, so it's yeah. fun to get some shine. Um, I'll go uh, a little off the board. Um, I uh, Detroit and Indiana are just littered with guys that I just really like watching. Like, oh, you're
1: going Eastern Conference, okay. yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, um, like I love watching Cade when he's healthy. Like, I just think he's mm. like there's just something about him that's so fun. Same with Halliburton. Um, Matt, you know my my love for Jalen Duran, um, Wiseman. I Wiseman, I have this like irrational fascination with. Um, but even like Jaden Ivey, like I really like Jaden Ivey coming out of the draft, and he hasn't really put like he had his up and down ups and downs. So it'll be interesting to see him. Jerris Walker was somebody I really liked this draft cycle. I've always liked Miles Turner. So, um, but then also like I'm out here in Sacramento. That, that team was a lot of fun to watch this year. Yep, I'm very curious to see what they're like. Um, At the end, I'm really curious to see what they look like um, this season. Do they build on it? Do they take a step back? Just curious to see. And then Golden State, I'm fascinated by Golden State. I'll be watching there. It's not going to be a league pass team by any means, but I'm fascinated by Golden State.
1: I like all of those answers. Um, I agree with you on most of them too. Um, I uh, I want to go with one team specifically that was a disaster in the second half of this past season. I'm Really fascinated by the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, I'm just yeah, them- and, and and Zion Williamson because when he's right, and I saw him uh, two times at the AT and T Center last year, now called Frost Bank Center. I like it, um, but I, it's the Pelicans um, yeah. when he's healthy. And it and maybe it's more maybe it's more Zion than Pelicans. I, I I really enjoy the guys on that team, but it's all about Zion, man. Like it, it, at the end of the day, if he's healthy they they're a number one type of seed in the west you know who knows if they'll get there again this next uh next season but yeah that's the team that I'm most fascinated by other than than Oklahoma City and actually if we're using the word fascinated I'm probably more fascinated by the New Orleans Pelicans than I am the Oklahoma City Thunder I'm just more excited to watch a young team like the Thunder play more fascinated to see what happens behind the scenes and on the court with the Pelicans.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Because that seems like they can't have another, like, what could be, like, what what if season. Like, they need to, they got to just figure, they're at the point now where they have to figure stuff out.
1: Yeah. All right, Trevor, I'm going to let you get back to your family on this Sunday. Um, Thank you. I, and I, I appreciate you, <laughs> you taking an hour and a half out of your your afternoon with the fam to, uh, to, to do this podcast. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we'll get you on again soon, man. Any, uh, any parting words, anything you want to get off your chest?
0: No, I think we, we did a good job. We covered <laughs> it. We covered, Pl- we covered, plenty we, of time. We, plenty of time. Um, no, I'll just, I'm curious to see, uh, have me back on around training camp. Cause I would like to see, I, I'm just infinitely curious to see what this roster looks like and who pop trusts and who he doesn't at the start of camp
1: yeah i agree um all right that'll do it for us thank you guys again for sending it for the third time i'm thanking y'all because i really do appreciate it we are in a very very dead time of the year so your your mailbag questions are a godsend so yeah i i very much appreciate it um we will be back soon uh still waiting on the devin vassell extension we'll see how we'll see what happens there um but until then thanks for tuning in and uh, a reminder that small market bias is brought to you by Bet Online. And um, go check out futures. Go check out over unders. Go. I think there are already spreads up for like opening night. I think I saw that, which is wild to me. But um, yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time.